Happy Friday ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the weekly whistle and today I'm joined again by Modase and today we're going to be discussing a bit of a difficult topic and why do I say difficult is because even we don't know where it's going to go <laughs> that's what I'm really excited about so we're going to be talking about how can you be or is it possible to be morally consistent right so before we begin with this topic let's let's go down through the agenda of what we're going to be doing today so we're going to discuss a little bit about what morally consistency consistency means what does it mean to be moral to begin with and then we're going to discuss a macro example on a country level and then we're going to discuss a micro example around our surroundings to see what works and what doesn't work so before we do that like we always do mother said where did this topic come from ha <sighs> i think uh this topic just generally fascinates me because there is no right answer so any topic that you don't have a clear cut answer is also always fascinating for me so everyone can have their own views and there are multiple ways to go about it so i'm always fascinated by knowing more perspectives and maybe getting closer to the i wouldn't say correct answer but the answer that would satisfy most people i guess yeah and i think that's where the problem really arises from right because morality is such a subjective thing what is important to you might not be that important to me i was talking to this uh, lady uh, recently and she was uh, she gives a lot of charity thankfully but her charity mostly goes towards uh, chimpanzees yeah right she really loves saving the chimpanzees and i am like a, an effective altruist kind of a guy i say you should get most bang for your buck for human life saved so for me that doesn't make sense but i do respect her and i understand what she's doing because she loves monkeys so much but i'm like yeah you could save a lot of human lives with that money so but who am i to tell her that she's wrong for putting money in a, for monkey saving you know so it already starts to uh, play with you so before we dive in deeper let's directly just discuss what is morality okay morality i think morality can be very very subjective but um i think the answer that most people would agree on is something that would ensure the collective good i know like uh, people can still argue why it wouldn't work in a lot of situations but i think for our species to do well or survive for that matter i think that's the best bet uh, we can make i agree with you i think morality is uh, a code of conduct we collectively decide to live as as a species so just to be able to survive and live together right like an example being do not kill is only as good as long as you don't you all adhere to it the moment one of you starts stops adhering to it then it doesn't make sense for the other one to keep saying do not kill because they're going to get killed so it is these this this code of conduct we established as species realizing that maybe we can achieve the greater good and uh, more collective uh, growth by accepting these things as universal and that's a separate debate if it's universal or not <laughs> like uh, ethics or or yeah like morality and uh, where does it come from some people of course say religion is where morality comes from and like the code of conduct comes from some people think logic that it needs to be something that comes from your mind something that makes rational sense and of course so on and so forth so we know what morality is we understand what it means so what do you mean when you say morally consistent okay uh 
the basic answer would be that you're not a, hip, uh, a hypocrite with what you believe. Uh, for example, if you agree that uh, the greater good is what you want. And for example, uh, like the debate we were having the other day for uh, rescuing a few people, is it better to work on them rather than doing something that or investing somewhere where it would ensure more lives are saved? Is it worth it? It's, it seems fine, but it starts losing the, the meaning when it's something that you're going through. For example, uh, the, the again, the example that we were talking about the other day for COVID. COVID was supposed to affect mostly elderly. And if you talk about it or think about it, you know that uh, elderly people aren't going to contribute a lot uh, to the economy. So one way to go do things would be let them die and maybe invest in things that would ensure that the collective good of the future generation and that could mean um, probably result in lesser malnutrition or lesser uh, uh, sicknesses or illnesses for the younger population when they're growing up so that would make them productive so the answer is not clear-cut but when someone close to you is going through that would you be consistent and say, yeah, sure, I would mind. I wouldn't mind not having a COVID vaccine, because it ensures that the future generations are safe. So that is why, like, morally consistent, being more morally consistent is hard enough. Yeah, and I, I understand where you're coming from, because, but to do do a digression here, what I have a problem with is is the word hypocrite, because. Uh, but if you change your mind in light of new evidence, you're not really a hypocrite. Even if you change your mind because someone convinced you with good arguments, you're not a hypocrite. You're not a flip-flopper. But we feel it. I was telling you the example that, okay, when I try to admit my mistake, it feels like I lost something. Yeah. It feels like I lost the argument. But no, that's growth. If I'm wrong, why should I stick to my guns? I should accept it. That's growth. Yes, I was wrong. And you were right. And now I know better. No, there's no winning or losing here. There is no one coming above the other. But because we have established society like that, it's very difficult for to be rewarded to accept your mistakes, to be rewarded to change your mind. Instead, you get rewarded for sticking your guns. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have liked you, but at least I would have respected you for sticking to your uh, opinion. At least, at least hold your beliefs tightly, or else who are you as a person? But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> if I believe the world is flat, or like I believe that the earth used to revolve around the sun, right? Oh, sorry, the other way around. The sun used to revolve around the earth. And I have new evidence that tells me that's not so. Am I like brave or courageous to stick to my beliefs or am I dumb and, and stubborn? So that's that's the, the tangent I wanted to talk about with, with, with the concept of hypocrisy and this discussion that mainly came up that if you are claiming... Uh, something on one topic the easiest way to make a person be proven wrong is by taking that topic and replacing it with another topic that they might not agree with and then suddenly you go like aha aha i caught you but is it really catching because of your cultural and your uh, surroundings and your vicinity and everything that made you you it makes complete sense that you are 
okay with some things and not okay with the others take religion for example right and we both we both are grew up in a in a muslim society but we both know 100% the people around us do not follow religion to the t right we literally make it into a grocery basket where we pick and choose okay oh tarawi i will pray oh i will i will fast for 30 days but I, but before that uh, like then i will also drink but 90 days before ramadan i might not drink because you know bro then you're not a muslim then it doesn't count so everyone plays their own game and and if you are a believer that's okay because god doesn't punish you for your sins supposedly he punishes you for the aggregate the amount of sins you've done in respect to the amount of blessings you've done so if you're more even by one you're technically safe right that was religion 101 for those who do not know much about islam but so the idea is that you're not punished for doing bad things right so you're not punished for having inconsistencies but for some reason in in societies we punish people for having inconsistencies what are your thoughts on that i think i generally have a problem for evaluating everything through punishment and reward i think uh, i know i bring capitalism and my hate for it a lot in this podcast but i think this mindset does originate from that everything has to be rewarded in order for us to uh, find reasons to do it i think our up- incentivizing you mean yeah incentivizing sorry so the point is where the time we, the time we start having debate we're already trying to win it so the argument with hypocrisies or not being consistent arises because we're just eager to prove the other person wrong like exactly. i i personally try to i know i also fall uh, to this because being a human i also get into this heated competition because someone is throwing arguments at me back and forth so i have to come as a winner in the end but at that point i think it's very important to take a step back and realize why are we having this debate in the first place if you if you're able to do it take a deep breath and think why you're having having that debate maybe you'll find out so being hypocrite wouldn't matter as much as trying to understand or trying to learn something new so i think that is more important than rather than getting too hung up on being finding who's the hypocrite in that yeah yeah like a good example of this would be the whole uh the whole uh, 400 usd 300 usd earnings that we were discussing in our in our group so the story goes like this okay a person buys a cow for 800 then they sell the cow for uh, 1000 then they buy the cow again for 1100 and then they sell the cow again for 1300 for those of you who are the experts amongst us what is the total anwar what is the total what is the total profit total number of profit the profit earned the the exact words were what is the total earning for that person yeah earnings but i think they meant profit because yeah. earnings is also revenue i think extent, but they most of us ended up saying 400 just yes. because like because, adding the cost and subtracting yeah yeah but for me now my thinking when i was explaining that there and this is where the thing happened because when i said 300 people literally jumped they're like whatever is the answer it is not 300 i know for a fact and everyone is laughing on it and everyone is getting it and that made me feel like what i don't get it it but it makes sense to me and then i asked my colleagues in 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 my office because i was in the office at that time and they also were a bit confused they were saying 400 makes sense but it doesn't make sense so the story in my head that goes like this is like you start with a number of x number of money right but 
the assumption that the rest of the guys were making that, that the X number of money is infinite. So you took out 800, then you took out 100 more. I'm like, no, it, it started with 800. That's my assumption. Because if you think cash flow perspective, that that 100 has gone from somewhere. And that if that 100 is gone from somewhere, you need to take it out from your earnings. Now, but when I was trying to explain this, everyone was just laughing. They're like, no, you're stupid. It doesn't make sense. Just let it go. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not hearing me now. You're not hearing me and my opinion anymore. You're just trying to make fun of me yeah. because you all agreed to one number. And now I'm the one who came with a different number. So you're like, oh my God, you're dumb. So that was a bit difficult. And I accepted that. I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. So why don't you come on the call and explain to me, guys, I'm not make, it doesn't make sense to me. Explain to me a little bit more. But all I was hearing was jokes and fun. And you can imagine that, as you said, I'm also human. I'm trying to learn here, but at the moment it will hit your ego. You'd be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm just going to argue back. So what were your thoughts on that conversation? I think, um, more than anything, this is a fundamental problem and it's something even I'm trying to figure out because the answer is not uh, like that simple. The problem is that most people who try to come up with the moral answers aren't taking a, like the bigger picture into their mind. So uh, they're thinking things from their own perspective. Maybe they're thinking short term. This short term problem is like this thing always exists because... The problem with thinking about short term is that sometimes you don't realize when when it's supposed to be long term because at that moment you're only um, you're only thinking about the short term because it's something that is happening there at that time and because your our lives are very short in terms of the things or changes that would make a huge difference. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but what I'm trying to get at is the fact that sometimes. A single person or the people in minority can be right about what should be done. But unfortunately, that's not how we can decide morality. Because at the end of the day, we'll have to agree what most people say. Otherwise, again, like we've discussed it multiple times over here. So something that is not agreed upon with the majority and you still end up doing it haunts you back in the long run. So all of these uh, right wing or far right uh, propping up suddenly is not because something different has happened. It's because we've made a lot of policies in the world that are uh, probably better for us, but Left most people aren't yeah. convinced. So that is why being morally consistent, even though is important, it's very hard to do because you don't know what uh, moral uh, choice you make would benefit us more. Basically, you don't know the second or third order consequences of what you're doing. And, and that makes sense because as a human, we are always short-sighted. It's, it's something that is in us. I've discussed this in a different podcast as well. We, we believe we know a lot. We believe we take in all the information, but in reality, we are working with incomplete information, right? Take fossil fuel burning, right? We thought it was the best thing ever. And because of that, to be honest, we are where we are, right? If you did not use that leap of the of the steam engine, of the, or of the electric motor back 200, 300 years ago, we might not be talking remotely to each other, right? There is a chance that that could have happened. But we did not think through what that did to our environment. Although people have been hitting the drum or sounding the drum on climate change since the 70s, I've heard. Yeah. 70s and 60s, that's almost 60, 70 years ago. If they would have started then, then this there would have been no problem now. But they, they stopped. So my, my question always has been that 
Human beings will always make mistakes. Now you're thinking about renewables, right? Everyone is like, renewables is the best thing ever. And we have solved all the problems. But I'm like, there is something that's going to happen. Not now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, when renewables are going to also become a problem. And then you're going to be like, oh shit, I made a mistake. So we're always short-sighted species. And I completely agree with your point of view of, of having your majority on your side. Now, how I try to marry these two together is by saying that that's our job to have these little props of, uh, of uh, discourse going around where everyone is involved in engaging and having an informed opinion and also being open to the idea that they don't know everything. Collective consciousness is better than individual consciousness. When you realize that you're short-sighted, you realize that you have incomplete information, maybe Modasar has something I don't know, right? Maybe Modasar has the answer why this is 400 and not 300, right? Going back to the cow example. And the only way I will be able to learn is when he tells me, when I'm open to hearing him, for his answer rather than open to hearing him just so I can find a point that I can sh shoot back at him that, oh no, you're using CAPEX, huh? you're using all accounting terms to just confuse me. But that's not true. <laughs> it's not It's not supposed to be true. Yeah, there's the same. Uh, you, we, argue, we listen to argue, not to learn. Yeah, indeed. Digression. <laughs> but yeah. this is a very nice point you made because... There was this research that stated that we actually learned the ability to talk, like we actually developed logic and reasoning to be able to argue better. So that actually contradicts our concept of thinking and rationalizing why you're doing what you're doing, because why you're doing what you're doing was established only to prove your point, because back in the day, survival was based on how you were able to reason with your uh, village. If one of your village people is dumb saying that let's go and go hunt those tigers, you have to develop better skills to explain to everyone using logic and reasoning that why that is a bad decision. You needed to win for survival. So this was a breakthrough research, although this was almost 10, 15 years ago. But this was like a breakthrough research because no one talks about it. No one really understands. We think reasoning and logic is the opposite of arguing, right, to, to win. But the reality is maybe it was a tool developed by us to win. So what do you think about that? I mean, um, I mean, it's fine that it probably helped us um, millions of years ago, but right now it's not that hard to, like, there, there, sh there doesn't have to be one winner. Like, I know it's very difficult, easier said than done, but maybe <laughs> if we can develop this habit of having conversation without having this out and out winner out of it, maybe we'll be learning more as a species but then again i also realized then those discussions will be very far and few like we're not having these philosophical circles uh, all around that people would just come to learn and have those discussions people generally talk about it just to win so in a world where we're having this small group of people just talking about it i'd rather have people more people engaged even if they're doing it for learning so i understand where the problem is but I think I want to take this uh, topic to a different way over here because these are problems I know we all face, but there are times when even with the best of knowledge, we don't know where, how or where we can be morally consistent. Like you mentioned about climate change, for example, the, like, the same thing to do and the only thing to do is move towards a way where we can save this world. Like literally we have to save the whole world. But the problem is, the traps that we've set for ourselves are so many that it's very, very hard to implement. So 
if america pushes india and other countries like pakistan and generally developing countries into uh trying to work on it the problem arises with the economies which which are developing or underdeveloped so for example pakistan just recently started mining coal from uh, thar so as as a country which doesn't uh, which imports most of its fuel it was revolutionary for us and it is something that It's, could yeah. change our fortune but now that the world is moving away from these fossil fuels we're in sort of a limbo where we have this opportunity like this golden ticket to change our fortunes but we cannot take it so this is where this i know this is not this isn't exactly morality but this is something that it's confusing for us because there's no direct answer and it's very hard to find out what path to take which benefits most people that is something i want to have a little discussion on before we move uh, to the micro aspect of yeah. yeah i understand the hard choices hard choices right like uh, in the end we have finite choices that we can make so the example of pakistan uh, having to drill coal to survive and build its economy and make the life better of 250 million people compared to making it worse for 8 billion people right yeah. till an extent now the problem i have with most of these uh, dilemmas is that it's as as you said yourself there is no one answer to this right so pakistan mining coal or not mining coal will not stop china from mining coal so the rational decision for me as pakistan is to why should i stop why shouldn't i do it and that's the biggest problem that most people are facing right now that it is ra- it is irrational for all of us to be burning fossil fuel and contributing to climate change but it is completely rational for us to do this if we know everyone else is not doing it because if i drive electric if i don't eat meat and i spend my 60 years 70 years and the next 70 years of my life being completely co2 neutral not me take pakistan for example the whole country of 250 million people is co2 neutral for the next 80 years of their life the world is still going to go to shit yeah. because it won't matter because 8 billion people are there and only 250 million people are cleaning and now i know what you're going to say you're like nobody it has to start somewhere but the problem is here then where does it start why should people who are struggling be the ones who are responsible for it and those that that brings the morality aspect of it right the west and in the in the developed countries they're like morality is this and there's a consistency problem that we're facing so in collectivist societies identity and culture is very different in individualistic societies identity and culture is very different but because morality is always propagated by the west by the most developed country at the moment the us and europe dictates what what is moral and you already have that struggle in in the east right in pakistan where people are struggling to have food where people are struggling to have their basic necessities and needs made where people are being killed for stupid reasons uh for just choosing a different faith or uh choosing a partner out of out of their caste or something like that or just going to work some women are killed just because they leave the house you having these kind of problems people bring in higher level problems higher thinking problems about okay how do i feel uh, as a person in this in this in the skin that i am in and here and you're like yeah that's okay it's important for you but as as a thing it is really down the pecking order this is something our friend swas mentioned to us years ago he was like if i had to choose what to focus on pakistan on pakistan on i would not really focus on 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 technology or or politics or like all of that stuff i would focus on getting everyone to a base level like of course politics gets involved in that but like he he meant like all of the new western liberal politics he's like everyone needs to come to a base level first and then you can start building upon that the west has already done that for hundreds of years now it expects us to do the same it expects saudi arabia well 
Asking Saudi Arabia to change is completely different from asking Pakistan to change. Saudi Arabia is a rich country. They can do it tomorrow if they want to do it. But Pakistan cannot. So that is the moral dilemma we face. And that is the inconsistency part that I am okay living in the West and respecting their traditions, their values, and supporting them thoroughly that, okay, I am all for it. But back home, I I understand the sentiment of Pakistani people that they might not feel the same way about this. So am, am I morally inconsistent? I, I Again, um, the answer for it is like hard for me because this is something I struggle with. Like, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but for me, this I do this mental exercise where I imagine myself in these power positions. For example, I would imagine myself as the president of USA, or I would imagine myself... <laughs> Narcissistic tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a thought experiment. I have no intentions for running elections. Like, I don't even have a passport, but... <laughs> but the point is... <laughs> This mental exercise really helps me get a broad, broader picture out of it. Like, for example, uh, people would accuse Bilawal Bhutto. Like, Bilawal Bhutto is uh, son to one of the biggest parties of Pakistan, Pakistan People's Party. His uh, mother and father both have had these higher positions, and they're one of the elite parties of Pakistan. So people would just accuse him for being corrupt or having all these power and not doing anything. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but... For the uh, argument's sake, I always imagine myself being in that in his position, which again, this would be quite controversial to say these things, but I do sympathize with him as well. He lost his mother because uh, she was killed by uh, a gunman. Regardless of what you think about him, it's quite sad that he went through that. But because people are so angry that uh, this party has been ruling us for so many years and Again, we can have this argument whether they're responsible and how much are they responsible. But the fact that they've suffered so much, they just go on and abuse him regardless of who they're bringing into this, even if they're bringing in his mother into this conversation. So the point is, when you imagine yourself in these positions, you realize that these choices aren't that simple. So for example, um, I was just uh, this uh, reading up about this Canada-India thing going on. So one of the sick uh, person was killed in Canada. But the point is, for them, it's very important because for Canada, there's this, I think even though uh, the sick population represents like 2.1% of the population, but it's important for them because this water base and this population and this community that they've built are is so strong that they have to issue a statement against India. Now, this might lead to violence within India or this might have ripple effects elsewhere. And this is this example shouldn't just stay here. It can be for everywhere, everywhere, every country for, for that matter. So the point is that prime minister or that leader is satisfying their own people. And it's very necessary that they do so. Otherwise, they'll be kicked out and they wouldn't have power. They're someone who is far right or far uh, evil in the, for that matter would come into power. That would become their problem. So there's no clear answer. Whatever that prime minister chooses, would have problems either in their country or it would have problems in another country. So for me, the choice and is really happened, hard, yeah. and I, I actually wanted yeah. to figure out the answer. Yeah, and I think uh, on the other side, uh, after that, there was one more killing in, in yeah. Canada after the first killing. So yeah, and uh, it happens and India is also now taking the politics to an extreme level to because uh, they don't agree with what they're saying. And I can, I and I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a hard choice. 
Yeah. And this book that I'm, I, w- I was reading called In- Incorruptible actually talks about this, that leaders have to make very difficult choices that sometimes we don't give them credit for. And yeah, I get the point of view. So it could be voter base, it could be pressure. It could also be the fact that what represents Canadian values, that ca- this is not Canadian values, that someone is killed and we don't mention it, for example, or whatever the reason. So to hammer the point home, I will also add one example to on top of what you said, then I'm going to reply to you. Uh, the president of Thailand also was facing these same things. The prime minister, I think, is, uh, Thailand has uh, kings. And he, there were some uh, riots that were happening in, in Thailand and uh, the people were going against the government and he had to make a choice to issue uh, shoot on site orders to calm the population down. And there was one notorious area uh, which was killing police officers or injuring police officers or causing a lot of havoc. So he, he said, we have to make the decision. Now, if I don't, the people are going to uh, complain that, oh, he didn't do anything and the government got toppled. If he did something that he had people died, I think 10,000 people were injured, a couple of thousand died. But what he did, he said, I, the, what I did my best was I issued the, uh, the shoot on site order beforehand. I dropped flyers on that region uh, before uh, hours before it was happening. It stay indoors. If you're outside, the shoot on site orders. And after all of that, he did that. And he's like, the blood is on my hands. I, I do own it, but I did not have any other choice. It was a choice between two things. And uh, yeah, the people hated him for it. He didn't get reelected, of course, <laughs> because of whatever whatever happened. So I do get the point, but I also try to argue against it sometimes because with the whole point of morally inconsistency, a moral inconsistency as well, we always think in absolutes. Right? The examples you're giving are also very absolutish, like, okay, it's this or that. But in my opinion, there's always a third choice, which requires deliberation. And in, in moral inconsistencies, that's also the thing. So the example we were talking about, uh, if you think of someone as an ideal person, like the person you live up to, the, val- the, the their values represent your values and everything, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that every action that they do, you need to support, right? It can be that, okay, I support them for these reasons, but I don't support them for this reasons. But that is difficult because we get into the trap of loyalty. And that that third choice really helps us explain it that, okay, I don't support the man or the woman. I support the idea, right? And when I support the idea, the ideas can change. The person holding them, the ideas can change. And that's okay. I I shouldn't be punished for updating my beliefs. I shouldn't be punished for having this mentality. And that's the whole third choice argument that I give. It's not for or against. It's not me versus you. It's not winning or losing. It's a third choice. It's learning. It's growing which we completely disregard when we're having a debate or a discussion that what are we here for? You mentioned philosophy meetups. I actually, in here in Eindhoven, we actually have a philosophy meetup that we go to every Saturday. It's organized by one of my friends. And it's an amazing place to be because it feels like a safe space where you share your ideas. And if you have a, if you have qualms about it, like I do mostly because you know who I am as a person. I like to, if someone says something, I'm like, I have a question but because the environment is so safe that when you ask a question, the other person doesn't feel offended because you're also asking it in such a manner that is out of curiosity. It's not out of, out of okay, I want to find some inconsistencies that I can point out and make you feel dumb. It's more like hmm, in spirituality or, or psychedelics or liberalism or neoliberalism. And you're like, it would be interesting to know about this. So the third choice always goes missing. So before we move on to the micro example, after we discuss so many macro examples, 
What is your thought on the third choice? I think um, I completely agree with that. But again, when you're talking about countries, it's very difficult to have that third option because when we're talking about people at large and a whole country's population, they don't think samely because when you talk about so many peoples altogether, they think of they think as herds. So whether you like it or not, they would have this black and white opinion on anything. And for a prime minister to have take to have to take some choice, regardless of how diplomatic they can be about it, there will always be extreme reactions to it. And for societies mm-hmm. to become so mature that they realize what the nuances are, I think it would take decades, if not centuries, for that to happen. If we're about we're going to survive that. Uh, Sorry, I lost my train of thought over that, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you can get, get to the microscope. Okay. Now, let me reiterate a little bit then. So maybe your train of thought comes back. Uh, what I understand your point is, yes, that uh, it's not about, it's not easy on a, on a macro level to make sane decisions, but I think that's where our systems are flawed that we elect a person to choose for us is because we know that we are not fit to choose ourselves. We elect the most capable person to make decisions, to make hard decisions for us. That the president of Thailand or the prime minister of Thailand did not want to shoot a couple of thousand people, but he knew that was better for the whole or whole country that he had to make that really, really hard decision. I think another uh, example in the book was, uh, this is a wonderful book. I would really recommend you and anyone who's listening to read this. Uh, in the UK, Whenever a prime minister is uh, is elected, on their first day of office, when they go into the Downing, uh, whatever there's Downing Street places, yeah, this person, the chief of staff or person comes in and gives the, the, the prime minister a piece of paper and tells them you have to write down uh, three choices, three things. What are the three things? In the event of, of a nuclear war, what should the UK do? because we cannot wait for you to get up to make that decision. So either we launch all our warheads, we don't launch all our warheads, or we respond to what our allies are doing. And they said, whatever you write on this will be the decision will be made on the day something like this happens and you will be responsible for it. So they, they did the interview of some of these uh, privates and they said, that's the moment when you feel humbled as a leader that, okay, what I decide now is going to have very, very huge consequences. And that, that, feedback loop sometimes goes missing in, 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 in leaderships because we as people never give feedback. We like to vote. Most of us don't even vote. And those of us who also vote, we're not voting directly for the candidate. We're voting for a party. So the, there's no feedback loop. The leader of the party, Imran Khan will never hear what I think of him, right? But my constituency, my constituency uh, parliamentarian will hear it if he is willing to come to my constituency and listen to he or she that what I what I feel about them. So I think those things are very, very important in that book. There was wonderful examples about these things of better leadership. And, and and again, the third choice. It's not like I have to make hard decisions or I will not be reelected. There is a third choice. You can ask the people what they want. You can take in their opinions. You can understand. There are multiple things you can do, even as a big organization, as a country, rather than always resorting to, oh, I, I, had, I only had two choices. Even with the Thai president or prime minister, he says it was difficult but my argument my first question always is that how do you go back to that again these things can be done but for uh, an entire country's population to learn how 
like you're saying this feedback problem and this this is a huge learning curve and that this would take a lot of years and we've already have have had so many problems and there's a huge trust deficit this podcast i was hearing a few days ago and he said this brilliant thing that at the root of all problems there's a trust deficit that's there's going on when you talk about personal issues when you're talking about your own relationships when you're talking about countries at large there's always this trust deficit that makes things very hard for you but uh, as as individuals and even as a society this is this idea which always fascinates me is having philosophy as a class for even little kids this idea that there can be an they can be orchestrated in a way that the person like the emphasis is a lot on the teacher because it can go very south as well but it's very important to have these discussions where kids are allowed to say whatever they want and there there should be vague topics like it it is one of my dreams to have this class in and teach kids <laughs> to have to like Same. they they're allowed to question everything they're allowed to talk about things and it's important that the person in charge doesn't make makes sure that no one is offended in that and it he makes sure that the right kind of uh, environment is created to have these discussions and it's important that everyone in the class is allowed to speak and have their own opinion i think this would yeah. help really really like it would help a lot as uh, as a society as a whole so i think this is something that could really work but again this would take a lot of years and in the short run i don't think there's a clear answer the, the the funny part is i've been also having this dream for years and slowly slowly i'm hearing it from other people as well so they also had this dream for years and it's so shocking to believe that that that, that can be the case in my meetup as well this weekend i went and they were like kids need to learn about critical thinking from a young age they need to know that there is something more than they can do for others than themselves they need to know that it's not just about them so critical thinking and community building and i always believe that of course you cannot start with primary kids immediately but university kids it should be compulsory to have philosophy classes one of the reasons i am who i am is because in university i took like five six philosophy classes because i was interested in philosophy but those classes really really open up your mind to to different things and i always believe that okay you, that needs to be compulsory and then once that becomes the norm then in high school it needs to be compulsory and then in elementary school it needs to be compulsory that throughout your tenure you keep learning these things so that you have the ability to ask the right questions and ability to to question everything these two things i think are, it's I think important very, very to do important. it in high school actually because once you're in university your beliefs are already pretty cemented at that point so when that your beliefs aren't that strong i mean for some people who are very religious or uh, they're coming from a very strict background that not you will never that change not that the case, case. but i think it yeah. should start early yeah but that that can also exist right the the, yeah. the 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 point of critical thinking is not to have a society that is completely in in, in based in cold hard logic is this a society that's based of tolerance and understanding of these questions as you said the the classes need to be about about understanding each other and asking the right questions and not getting offended by every single thing and causing problems it's okay to be inconsistent so that is the whole point of that we're trying to make all all throughout this uh, the last 40 minutes that okay there's no such thing as moral consistency you will be morally inconsistent the question is how do you get there either you get there by fighting and screaming and 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 punishing other people or you get there by introspection retrospection and feedback loops and understand from people that okay i don't know everything and i cannot make the right decisions every single time and that's okay i do my best and that i think that learning has to be from very thing uh, from a young age now bringing the conversation to the last 10 minutes of our 
very interesting topic that is going to be the case it's going to be about uh how within our own uh, friend group we always have this debate of okay where is the line in 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 the amount of jokes we make now why i bring this up is because moral consistency also comes here right that okay we are friends first we are supposed to take care of each other we're supposed to build each other up we're supposed to be the foundation that we set and the support system we have but on the other side we also want to have fun <laughs> so that that and to me the first aspect was pretty important but the other aspect apparently is also that important that the conversation is here for me the conversation should be like this right like by this i mean it waits more right yeah. like so it's more more important than than having fun but i hear that this is the case in certain cases this is also the case so why don't you tell me more because i'm not there on the ground so i my opinions are very skewed so why don't you say uh, tell me about your experiences with this inconsistency um what what do you want from me exactly like uh, what is going <laughs> on right now or no no, no how, just how do i believe things should go on yeah yeah like your opinion and how do you think everything is going so far and and do you agree or disagree with the premise i think uh first of all i i should acknowledge the fact that i can also be uh, in the wrong side of things a lot of the times but for me that this is something i keep reiterating that as long as you're willing to agree that you're wrong and i am willing to agree and i i don't know like i'm not the one to judge this because people who are, uh, who interact with me should judge it but for me i try to keep making changes and i think i have made certain changes but the thing is uh in the in for the sake of having fun or uh for for just relaxing out there we all make jokes we all share like videos which are probably offensive to some people but it's very important first of all to accept that you might be wrong in that and second of all i think uh there's this communication that should always exist and it should happen regularly if like after if you're meeting someone very regularly if you're meeting a group of friends very regularly it's important that after every few days or a few weeks you have a discussion whether how do you feel about things that have been going on how do you like in in romantic relationships it's very common and people advise you that but i don't know why this is not preached upon uh, enough especially in societies like ours where people have a lot of friends as well like, in western societies i can understand mostly their world revolves around work and their uh, very close uh, like maybe parents or their uh, better house but in desi societies where you have where you meet so many people it's very important to have that conversation again and again and that communication channel should always exist if i don't feel good about something it's important that i am asked that question and i am easily able to tell what i feel about it it's it's what it's my two cents on the, this topic basically the feedback loop needs to exist even within friends is what you're saying exactly. and it clearly doesn't exist in our group uh because it's 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 a bit difficult for everyone to agree on this and again this is not taking shots at people or anything it's just the fact that we have to grow as 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 people and we have to learn that okay maybe this is the new normal that it is okay for us to have these regular check-ins and understand each other because a lot of people are not comfortable with these check-ins they're not talking about our friend circle i'm talking about in people general people are not okay with having these check-ins even when i'm at work when i'm talking to people it always is shallow conversations so being a, a scrum master a scrum master is just more like a facilitator my goal in any organization that i go is to make it feel like like you're talking to friends 
Because if you don't have that level of comfort, you will never be able to open up how you feel. So when I go there, I ask very stupid questions like, what did you eat yesterday? Or what did you do yesterday? And no talk about work. You need to tell me first, before we move on to work, what did you enjoy over the weekend? And if you tell me, ah, it was fun, it was okay, I don't take that as an answer. It needs to be detailed, it needs to be nuanced. Right? And it takes you a few months of discomfort. And it's a lot of you talking first, because as as, 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 as a Scrum Master, you're comfortable because that's my personality. And then people slowly, slowly start feeling it, okay, it's okay for me to share that I was working on my garden and my hands hurt, or it's okay for me to share that my kids are very annoying today and all of that stuff. And that, that builds the community. And I feel like that sometimes is missing in these societies because you take the love for granted. You take it for granted. You're like, that, that does exist or else we won't be sitting together. So don't ask me every single time, uh, 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 like, uh, do you love me or uh, appreciate me or something like that? I do, or else I won't be sitting with you. So now let's have fun. <laughs> and yeah. that that is inconsistent because I believe, and a friend of mine said this line, and I really, really love it, that there, the love that is in your, of course, in Urdu, it's much better, but I have to say it in English, but the love that is in your heart, but not on your lips is, is a love that is not worth it. Right? 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 So you have to always speak about what you love or else it doesn't come. So you have a lot of people who are like, I love you. Of course I love you. But it would be nice to hear it every now and then. Yeah. And I also feel like uh, another problem that people have is in their own worlds. Okay, so the thing is, in our own lives, we're always the main character. And it obviously makes sense because we're at the center of things. We're the ones are conscious of something that is with this body for the whole life. The, but the, the whole first-person view going on, right? The whole exactly. first-person view. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to disassociate with yourself with what you're thinking and take empathize with the situation. But it's also important to realize that regardless of how much moral do you think you are, you're, you can be right about a lot of things and you could do a lot of good. But... This problem of forgiving yourself for other wrong things that you do is something that I have a huge problem with. And that is also something where uh, somewhere where these uh, moral inconsistencies originate because we've forgiven ourselves for a lot of wrong things because at other points we've been we've done something very good or you think this is some sort of aggregate or this is some sort of uh, profit and loss accounting where you have to maximize the profit. No, you have to try to be consistent in all of these moral problems, regardless of the size uh, uh, size of them. I know it can be very burdening to think of so many moral things, but it's no, important uh, not to forgive ourselves for everything. It's important no, that uh, at some point we do hold ourselves accountable as well. Yeah, I, I understand your point of view, but I would disagree with uh, with the absolutism again that you're bringing into the conversation because, again, you cannot care about every single thing in the world. You cannot yeah. care about a lot of things. And... And it is quite normal for me to uh, care about more uh, information or, or pain or or morality in, in the East than morality in the West, for example. And I should be okay with that. Don't As I said, forgiving yourself is, is the word I don't like to use because that means you're doing something wrong. I believe you're not doing anything wrong. If I don't care enough about uh, neoliberal politics happening in the West, uh, even if it affects so many people here, it's okay because I'm not supposed to care about for 8 billion people. There's research that says I'm not even supposed to have a lot of friends because it's impossible for us to go out of our band. We were always used to be taking care of 40, 50 people at max, not more than that. So my attention span, my body, my mentality, my brain has not evolved to care for so many things. 
So I would I would disagree with that. I think you can care about stuff. I think uh, we're again we're talking about the micro aspect here, right? Uh, there are things that we might say to people, and for example, uh, for for example, that I've done a lot of charity and I do a lot of NGO work. That doesn't mean that I should be a, a complete asshole in front of you. I can I that doesn't warrant me to be a complete asshole in like in front of anyone for that matter so the point is again forgiving yourself is sort of a wrong word because it's saying like uh, 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 like having these all these traumas and problems that we have sometimes it can be harmful as well that i understand but it's important that we're willing to question ourselves and accept the fact that we might be very good people in other situations but in certain situations we can be wrong as well so that's what i was trying to say i i agree with that completely i think on a micro level yes uh, just because you are a nice person to your neighbor and you're uh, you're an ass to your maid then you need to be hold you need to be held accountable because yes you are being inconsistent in that aspect that that part i think i completely agree with but as i said yeah. as you said yourself that it is a work in progress and we are always going to be work in progress i think if that's why let's not call it forgiving or wrong or something but more like yeah i am a work in progress and i will make mistakes and i need to have the safe space to acknowledge that mistakes and not be punished that i need forgiving or something like that because that will just make us as humans more resistant to change that's that's what my thoughts are so that was mostly our conversation before i close this i want you to have the last word mudassir so anything else when you want to say before we close the call i think uh, this is something i always say when when it's come when it comes to morality and any discussion that i'm having about it is it's okay that i mean again morality is will always stay subjective but it's important that we're always having this conversation with the intention to learn rather than prove the other person wrong when we're intending to learn there again there won't be a clear answer but we might get to we might get close to the answer that would satisfy most people and that should always be the goal if that's the goal i think uh regardless of whether we can answer this question or not we would be better off as a society indeed and especially making making rash opinions and uninformed opinions are the worst and i am pretty culpable of that sometimes mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times when i'm discussing with my resident coach ahmed i sometimes talk a lot of my out of my ass uh, about football well he knows more about football of course uh, but i always defend it by saying that you know i'm just asking you questions and in, in my head i am but uh, in retrospect when he complains to me he tells me that oh there's something wrong here check yourself i do check myself and i go like okay i do see your point i might not agree with it because i my intention was this but i do see why you would feel this way yeah. and we 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 need to come to a, we need to come to an understanding to understand, uh, to to come together to this so i get it it is difficult we are work in progress and uh, i think we should uh, keep continuing to learn and work together and i think this is a way of us doing that us talking to each other uh, every week every other week getting to explore different ideas and i hope you continue to join me i think you will because you don't have a choice i i will force you but for everyone else <laughs> i, I just hope the audience us. enjoys it just as much as we do yes i am also really hoping for that that is you guys enjoy this as much as we do and join us every week to learn something new today that you did not know yesterday so thank you so much madasar and thank you everybody for listening